The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode 123. Despite its small size, Guatemala has a whopping 33 different volcanoes, which is still far behind the leader, Indonesia, which has over 160. Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and whether this is your first time joining us or you've been with us since the very beginning, I want to say thank you for tuning in today, and thank you for making us the number one rated travel podcast on iTunes. And today, I am very excited to bring back guests from last week... And this is actually their last day here in Chiang Mai. So I roped them in on their last day to do another podcast, Rob Hillman and David McMullen. How are you guys doing today? We're doing great. Thanks for having us. And if you guys did listen to their, we did a double episode with them last week about an EPOP success story. They gave all the details of how they decided to leave careers and this open-ended crazy trip kind of around the world. I mean, no real plans. And it could be, yes. Yeah, it could be around the world. And how they were able to do it gave us awesome budgeting tips before they left. And they spent two years saving up and how they saved up for this trip. And then, of course, as I mentioned in that podcast, they are budgeting geniuses. So they make me and Heather look bad. So we had a ton of awesome tips during the success story episodes and how you can travel for $50 a day. And today, I decided to bring that back on because they have been talking my ear off and I've been peppering them with questions, fair enough, about a certain country in the world that I know nothing about. So I'm really putting myself out on the line here today, guys. We'll help you. Yeah. 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 I know nothing. (laughs) I, I know nothing about this country. I think that's why it's so cool to do this Destination Diaries episode because it's always been me and Heather or me and Jason coming on and talking about somewhere that I've been, but this is brand new to me. Today, we're going to be talking about Guatemala. And as I told these guys before the show, basically the only thing I know about it is it's south of Mexico and north of Brazil. And I would assume that a lot of people don't know much about Guatemala. Well, you do have the appropriate um, geography there. It is south of Mexico. Yeah, we didn't really know anything about Guatemala when we went there either. Uh, it was just part of our, we wanted to go travel through Central America and we started in Mexico and then the next country was Guatemala. And it just sort of surprised us how much we really, really loved it. Yeah, because in the past month that we've all been hanging out, you know, we've talked a ton about traveling, a lot about where we're going to go next, which basically boils down to none of us know, Um, but also (laughs) about some of the trips we've taken. And that's what's so cool is then people say, oh, you should go here, you should go there. And Heather and I have never been to Central or South America at all. So, you know, we've always thought, hey, we really want to go to South America. Central America kind of just existed as a, yeah, that'd be cool to go to, but we didn't give it much thought as an actual, we're going to go there as the destination specifically. Just uh, if we're passing through, that'd be really cool. But you guys have really turned us on to it because of the fact, because of your love for Guatemala. 
Yeah, and the reason we picked it in the first place was because it was a cheap and easy destination. We could start in Mexico, which is easy to get to, and then just work our way south. And there's no flights. You can just take buses from country to country. And so it was just seemed like an easy place to go. And since we didn't have as much money saved up for that trip, it was like kind of perfect for us. Yeah. So if you guys are listening and you also, if you clicked, you know, listen to this podcast, but you're thinking, well, I don't know. It's Guatemala. Why am I even bothering? I'm telling you, Rob and David will convert you in the 35 minutes that we're going to talk about Guatemala because it took them less time to do that for me. I think I might know the capital. Guatemala City? Very good guess. <laughs> All right. Okay. So let's get into Guatemala then. A general overview of Guatemala outside of the capital city, which was, you know, kind of a good guess, and the geography of it. What, because you did a lot of traveling through Central America, but this was your favorite country in Central America during that trip four years ago, right? It was definitely our favorite because we spent so much time there. I mean, we spent five months in Central America, and I think we ended up spending almost three months just in Guatemala. We left and came back a couple times because the countries are also close together, but we just kept having things we wanted to do there, and we didn't do everything. No, there was a lot we missed. All right, yeah. so let's talk general overview of Guatemala. What What was it about Guatemala specifically that really... That made you guys keep coming back because, as you mentioned, it wasn't, oh, we're going to be here three months and, oh, we enjoyed our time. It was, hey, we got to go back to Guatemala because it's it's so awesome. There's a lot of things there that people don't really know about that are world-class sites and activities. I think everyone's probably heard of Tikal, some of the other big ones, Lake Atitlan, but there's a dozen other places that I think are just as exciting and fun to see. Would you say then Guatemala is kind of off the beaten path, but how accessible is it? Like it's obviously a lot of people with Central America, the big hub I would would be Costa Rica, right? That's the most popular as far as tourists coming. Guatemala, not so much. So it's a little off the beaten path, but was it easy to get around? Did you find yourself having to forge your own path or were there plenty of tourists there anyway? It was very easy. Um, I think the thing with Guatemala and some of the other countries, Honduras, El Salvador, is that, you know, 20 years ago, they were all in civil war and it was kind of a dangerous place. So every time we told people we were going there, that was their frame of reference. And they were like, oh my gosh, are you going to be okay? Are we going to hear about you on the news that you got killed in a war? And it's like, there's no war there now. It's super safe. It's really easy. Well, I maybe shouldn't say super safe. It's like anywhere else. If you go wandering around in the middle of the night drunk and with your money hanging out of your pocket, probably something might happen to you. But as long as you take reasonable precautions, we never had any trouble at all. It was The people are wonderful. They were very open to having tourists because if they're catching on that tourism means money for them and they like that. So they were very warm and welcoming yeah, we didn't have any kind of bad things, even though every time someone would email us, that was their concern. Yeah, and it's not that we didn't have fears. You know, we were a part of the hype just like everyone else, but we just did it anyways. And then once we got there, we realized, you know, there's not really any problems. Yeah, and you were in that region for five months. So weather-wise, what was it like during the time that you were there? And is there a time that you would suggest people go or is it kind of nice year-round? Oh, you're asking me hard questions. We were there, 
Let's see. We started in the Yucatan in January, so I guess like February, March, April, into May a little bit, maybe yeah. in Guatemala. And when that was we left is when the rain started, though. There were some big rains when we started to leave. There was flooding, major flooding that that was really causing a lot of havoc to the country. So we got out just in time. There probably, yeah, I'm sure there is like a high season, low yeah. season type thing. Yeah. And then with Guatemala, so you mentioned some of the off the beaten path or some of the world-class tourist things that might not be world-class as far as popularity, but are world-class as far as we've been seeing a lot of the world and this is some of the coolest stuff that we've ever seen. Exactly. What are some of those things that if someone's going to Guatemala or they don't know about Guatemala and they think, well, why am I going to stop in that little country south of Mexico, north of Brazil? Why am I going to go there? What are some of the things for those guys to see? Okay, we might as well talk about the big one right off the bat is Tikal. I think a lot of people know about it. And if they don't, they've seen pictures of it. There's a shot of it in the first, is it the first Star Wars movie or the second one? Like, it's this, this beautiful ruins coming out of the jungle. And it's a lot of it has been really well restored. Um, it's in an, a little bit of an awkward place to get to. It's not like near uh, like Guatemala City where you probably would fly into. So you have to kind of get up there. We went twice because we went once and then we had a friend come and visit us and she wanted to go. So we took her again. The first time we took buses up and it wasn't that terrible. No, no. Um, and then the second time with her, we flew up, which was super easy and um, not a problem at all. But when you go up there, there's this, there's a lake near, near the ruins with a little town on an island in the lake. It's a teeny little island. It's connected by a causeway to the, you know, the shore. It's called Flores. I think back in the day, it was like the very last or one of the very last holdouts of when the Mayans were there, you know, resisting the Spanish conquistadors coming in. So it's got kind of an interesting history, but now it's just like this totally overrun with these beautiful little guest houses and you can swim off the shore and it's like just very backpackery. Well, not all backpackers. I mean, there's like nice hotels or, well, reasonable hotels, mid-range, I should say, and lots of good restaurants and, you know, it's just a cute little place. And that's where most people end up going and then they take day trips up to Tikal. Although I would say we did do a splurge, which I thought was very well worth it. There are two one or two hotels right on the grounds, like just outside of the entrance of Tikal. And we stayed in one of those. We got like the very basic rooms and it was maybe $70 a night, which for us was like a huge splurge. Right. These guys <laughs> on that trip four years ago were on a $50 a day budget. Same as you are on this trip now, but you, as you mentioned in the other one, you stuck to your budget pretty steadfastly that trip. It was much easier. It was. And even that hotel being as expensive as it was, the rest of the country was so inexpensive, we were able to absorb that price over the, the rest of the trip. And so that hotel, 70 bucks a night, why was it worth it? Because of the location? Just the location. Yeah, pretty much. Because you're right there. You can get in to, to call earlier in the morning before the tourist groups. You can go in at night or not at night, but... Evening. In the evening, dusk. which there's always a special mystique around those times of day. But also, we got into our room, we checked in, 
And as soon as we walked out of the room, there was a toucan sitting in a tree right out our room. And then about five minutes later, a group of spider monkeys comes crawling through the trees and colorful birds that I had no idea what they were, but bright colors were jumping around outside. It was just a great location to feel like you were really in the jungle and really seeing something special. And with to call, is it day enough? Like you said, a lot of people do day trips. Is it day enough to go and see it? I mean, is it really worth, you know, with Angkor Wat, which we've talked about in Cambodia, they sell a one-day pass or a three-day pass. We did it in one day. Really, if you have the time, three days, I mean, is well worth it in Angkor Wat. I think Takal is doable in a day. Um, yes. It's not as nearly as expansive as Angkor Wat is. Um, like, you can walk around and see everything pretty easily in a day. We like kind of hanging out at places. And even after our first time, like, we, we felt comfortable, I think, that we had seen it all. Although I will say when we came back the second time, we saw things that we had missed. So, you know, it just sort of depends on what you want to do. But one day is enough. How does Tikal compare to the one that everyone knows down that area? Well, a little further south. But Machu Picchu, which, you know, is like its super famous brother, right? Like you have Tikal, which some people have heard about, some people haven't, not as many people have gone to. And then you have Machu Picchu, which now is on top of everyone's bucket list. You've been to both, right? Yes. yes. And how would you guys compare those two places? Machu Picchu has its place on the top of most people's lists for a reason. It's pretty special. But Tikal is... It, yeah, it's I right th- up there. With, with I think Tikal is probably a more impressive ruin. But what Machu Picchu has is location, location, location. Yeah, you can't really beat the fact that you're on top of a mountain with nothing else around. Exactly. I mean, the ruins themselves are not that big. They're really cool looking, but it's, you know, one little mountaintop where Tikal is, was a whole city. And I think what you would really want to compare it to is Chichen Itza, which is now, I think, is that one of the new seven wonders of the world? I think it's on There's the There's always like a hundred lists. There's a million right? lists. Who makes the real list? That's what I want to know. Exactly. But because they're both Mayan and uh, I would say Tikal is nicer. I think many fewer people go because it's so hard to get to, but it's more impressive. It's in the jungles. The main temple at Chichen Itza may be a little more impressive because of the way it's been put together, but overall, I like to call. Huh. All right, so you have to call as as kind of a focal point. If someone's going to Guatemala, don't miss to call. It might be a little hard to get to. You guys mentioned that you flew into to call the second time or into the area? We flew there from Guatemala City. Okay. And it's into fairly, Flores. fairly easy to do. And about a, yeah, you fly in about an hour south of the park. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Little propeller plane. It was yeah. fun. What about some of the other things? Because some of the stories you've already told me throughout this trip, as we've talked, just sound fantastic. What are some of the other things that people should be doing or places they should go when they're in Guatemala? There's so many. Um, I think the the next most popular is probably Lake Atitlan. And it's a special place. It's a, it's a beautiful lake with little towns around the edges. And to get from town to town, you take boats across the lake. There's two volcanoes that are part of the lake. So the lake kind of 
winds around these volcanoes. Um, so another spectacular location. But it's the towns themselves that I think are so special. We stayed in two of them, well, three, but San Pedro we really loved. It's this tiny little town, no cars. The only way to get around is on paths that wind between the hotels and yoga retreats and restaurants. And I love that location. And then there was San Marcos, which is another like smaller village. So we're, we mixed up our cities there. San and San. San there Marcos is where, yeah, all the little teeny pathways. And then San Pedro, we actually stayed there for a little bit longer. There's more backpackers there. And we did a week of Spanish school, which I will I should say, too, for anyone that wants to go to Guatemala, it is the best place to learn Spanish. It's really cheap. You go in and you get these, you can, you know, sign up for like a week. We took, I think, five hours, five days a week. I learned more Spanish in my three weeks that I took it in Guatemala than I did in three years of high school Spanish. It was awesome. It's one-on-one. -on -one. You're just with one person and they... Like, I learned so much. And you said it was, it's pretty cheap. And it's fairly inexpensive. I mean, it's not like super cheap, but it's definitely cheaper than anywhere else. And the other appeal of doing that in Guatemala as opposed to some of the other countries, because you can do that pretty much anywhere, but Guatemalans have a really neutral accent. So it's much easier, like I had a much easier time understanding them when they spoke. When we got down to Nicaragua, it was a little bit harder because um, they just had a thicker accent. So you can take Spanish lessons. You have Lake Adilan. Again, this is me knowing nothing about Guatemala. What else? Because it seems, I mean, it is such a small country relative to, you know, the countries we're used to, like America and, and these big South American countries. What else can people do and what else should they do? In Guatemala. So besides just like the cities, which are fun to go see, I mean, there's like Antigua. No one really stays in Guatemala City if you're not there for business or whatever. But you get to out just a little ways to Antigua, which is the old city. And it um, was the old colonial city. And then I think like in the 1800s, there was this, it's surrounded by volcanoes again. And there was a series of earthquakes that sort of destroyed the city. But the churches, there were tons of these big, huge cathedrals that were destroyed by the earthquakes. But because they were cathedrals, no one wanted to, like, tear them down completely. And, you know, they tore down all the old houses and rebuilt their houses, but they just left these ruins. So now you go there, and it's just this beautiful colonial city. And you can go on walking tours th through the ruins of the old churches. It's beautiful. But then there's still active volcanoes around. So we like went, there's one of them called Pacaya. Um, you have to be a little careful because it's an active volcano and like there was some like injuries and maybe some deaths, I think not long before we went there. We kind of waited because we were like, oh, there it's erupting. So maybe we should wait. So it's an active volcano in, in the fact that, I mean, it, it can erupt at any time can you just walk up it? Do you take a guided tour? How does that work? We took a guided tour, but it's literally just streaming lava down the volcano. And it depends on the day you go, and it depends on how um, aggressive your particular guide is of how far they're willing to take you. Because the lava, like, it's moving, so it, it's never in the exact same spot. And so there is some risks, and, you know, so we kind of played it safe probably. But we got up there, and there's lava coming down the mountain, and it's, you know, the day we were there, it was pretty, 
it wasn't flowing very fast. So we got like right in front of it and got all these great pictures of this lava light coming right toward us. It was pretty awesome. That was one of my favorite things there. Yeah, an active volcano that you can just... Now, could someone go on their own? I mean, is it only tours Um, or is it... I I think you could go on your own. There was... I seem to see other people who were there on their own. Tours are really easy in Guatemala. Every hotel is selling lots of tours that are reasonably priced. Yeah. I never felt like we were paying too much for any of the trips we took. So we utilized the tour agents quite a bit. Pretty much everywhere we stay. And remember, these guys are like budgeting champions. So if they're telling you that to go take a tour, and sometimes it is just, it's easier, especially if it's your first time in a place. You know, I always get caught up with, well, could we do this is cheaper on our own? Maybe, uh, it probably even, but is it going to be easier? Certainly not. And if you're there for the first time, it's kind of cool to go on a tour because then you're meeting other people and you're kind of you, getting the whole feel yeah, of it's, it. It's a you very know social activity when you're taking the tours and often the tours go to a couple different places on the same day so what could take you three days to accomplish you can accomplish in one day with the tour we also went to another volcano when we were in um, Shela which is another very popular um, city for language schools Um, there's not a lot going on in Shela other than the language schools but around it are a few really nice attractions. And we climbed one volcano called Santa Maria. And just below Santa Maria is another smaller volcano called Santa Iguito. And Santa Iguito erupts regularly. So an actual eruption, not just lava flowing. And so... Like a let's get out of here eruption. Well, um, if you were close, yes. Right. Um, but if on you're the, on the mountain, run down. But if you climb Santa Maria, you're far enough away, but just above it, so you can actually see it erupt. And that wow. was a fantastic early morning, five in the morning, headed up the mountain. But uh, So you head up Santa Maria to then watch the smaller man, what do you say, Santa Santa Iguito. To watch that erupt. Correct. Wow. Yeah. And is there, I mean, I guess... Not a time schedule, but they kind of know when it's going to erupt. Is it on some sort of? I think there's. A, I think it erupts fairly regularly. I don't, Every couple hours. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, so yeah. you you're not going to miss. I mean, just if you climb up the mountain and stay if there for a while, spend enough time, you'll see it. Yeah. <laughs> That's very cool. And Antigua, going back to that real quick, that is. Would you consider that the hub of tourist cities in Guatemala? I mean, or if, if someone yes. wanted to base down. That'd be a good place to do it if you wanted a city. Yes, NT was very easy. There's lots of hostels. There's lots of nice hotels. I mean, every range of what you would want to do, and it's beautiful. It's gorgeous, yeah. Beautiful city. And a lot of activities take place there. So um, we happen to be there just before Santa Semana, which is the Easter week. And there are so many celebrations going on in that town. Towns all around the country, of course, but that town in particular has a lot of the big celebrations. So we were able to see all of that too. Got some beautiful big markets. I mean, the chicken buses. We haven't even talked oh. about chicken buses yet. Oh, start talking because so I don't know anything about Guatemala. Our arrival probably too. I know. We So we came down from 
Mexico into Shayla is where we were headed. And we just got, we like we're on the nice bus in Mexico and they drop you off at the border and you walk across and you're like trying to just negotiate where you're going, whatever. And so in Guatemala, they just have these old American school buses and they get the, the yellow bus and then they paint it all sorts of like crazy colors and the drivers like deck it out inside and they've got all their little figurines and bobbleheads and beads and bumper stickers all over like the inside just yeah. decorated all up so you get in and it's just like you know you're on a kid like a kid on a school bus they're not super comfortable but they're fine you know better than some of these asian buses i have to say and uh they're just kind of wild and crazy and they get you everywhere everywhere yeah the whole country is that is the main transportation around the country. And and that's how you guys got between cities or towns or wherever you're going most of the time. Most everywhere yeah. we took Unless the we were on a tour, we were always on a chicken bus. Yes. And, and they, that's what they're called, chicken buses. They're called the chicken bus. We, I mean, literally saw chickens like people would, you know. Bring the chickens bring on the bus. Bring their big bag of chickens with them. <laughs> on the bus or on top of the bus? On the bus, inside. Sometimes, in, I mean, they won't be like running around free. They'd be like in a bag, <laughs> but you could hear them. And once I felt really bad, I put my bag underneath the bus. I stopped, we were at a weird stop and I just threw my bag and it like hit a bag and all the chickens went, <laughs> I was like, oops. Yeah, you just killed someone's life savings worth of chickens, right? <laughs> so, the chi- so you take these chicken buses, how easy is it to navigate around? Because- one of the reasons people love Southeast Asia, especially Thailand, where we are right now, is it's it's a well-worn tourist path. It's like, I'm going to go Chiang Mai to Bangkok. Is it similar in that it's really easy to get around? Does it take some figuring out? It's usually pretty easy. They always have signs of where they're going if you understand the route. If you're staying on the really, like, the, the well-worn routes, kind of trying to get to Antigua from Lake Atlant, really easy. You just know where the bus is and you go hop on it. There, we kind of got off the beaten path a little bit and it became a little more challenging. Although this wasn't even off the beaten path. This is my one of my favorite stories of why I love Guatemala. So we were coming down, I think from Tikal actually, and we got into, we were coming into Guatemala City. And then from Guatemala City, we had to transfer and get on another chicken bus to Lake Atatlan. We knew that the two bus stations were like on the opposite side of town. And Guatemala City is one of those places where everyone's like, be really careful there. It's like the big hub. It's a huge city. There's gangs and everyone makes you really be afraid of going there. So we were like, we don't really know what, how we're going to get there, but we'll probably just get off the bus, find a taxi. He'll probably triple charge us and whatever. We'll get there. Um, they do have buses within Guatemala City, they're uh, city buses, and they're painted red, and they call them the Killer Tomatoes. Um, so and you have chicken buses and Killer and Tomatoes. And the Killer Tomatoes. That's all people have to know about Guatemala. Well, they warn tourists never to take them. They're like, they're super dangerous. I think it costs like 10 cents to ride them, but like the buses get held up and, you know, whatever. They have all the stories. So we're probably like an hour outside, and we're just like, I don't know how we're going to do this. And this girl comes and sits next to us. Or I guess she'd been sitting next to us. Anyway, she starts talking to us, and it turns out she's like a university student and wanted to practice her English as like everyone does. And she was really nice, and we just kind of had this for an hour, had this conversation about living in Guatemala and us living in America and had a nice talk with her. 
when we arrived, you know, we were probably standing there going, crap, what do we do now? Looking for a taxi. And she comes over to us. She's like, do you know where you're going? And we we're like, well, we want to go to Antigua. We don't have to get this other bus station. She's like, come with me. I'll take you. I live right by there. And we were like, okay, I, we've been talking to her for an hour. She seemed really nice. We're like, we'll trust her. So we start following her and she walks us right over to one of the killer tomato buses and we get on and we're like, what are we doing? And you knew not to, you had heard the story, yes. don't get on the yes. killer tomato bus, right? So we the get on this, the tomatoes. killer tomatoes, exactly. So we're sitting on this local bus with all our bags and everything and we start driving through town and it was probably an hour that we're just going through this huge city and she was nice and she was like pointing some of the stuff out and whatever, but we had like no idea where we were. We didn't really understand where we were going. A total leap of faith, basically. Yes, huge leap of faith. So finally we get to this like little road and she's like, oh, this is where we get off and we get off. And then she starts leading us down these like alleyways and we're like, what have we done? Like, she's super nice, but she's probably leading us down this alley to, like, where all her brothers are going to come out and kill us for our stupid backpacks. And we're really starting to, like, work ourselves up. And then just as we're, like, should we just turn around and, like, whatever. Yeah, hightail it like, out here. We break through the alleyway, and it opens up, and it's a huge shopping mall. And on the other side of the mall is this enormous bus station. So she walks us over to the bus station and it's a madhouse. There's like 400,000 buses, it seemed like at the time. They're all those brightly colored chicken buses, like trying to find the signs was overwhelming. And she sat with us for like another 20 minutes. And finally, she saw our bus. She's like, that's the one you want. I'm like, you are like this angel, even though we were like scared of you half the time. <laughs> You're this angel who totally Not like devil, just helped us angel. out. Yeah, that's... I isn't it funny with traveling when you have those experiences where you're doubting, you're doubting, you're doubting, you're like, I gotta, I gotta leave, I gotta leave. And then the moment you think you were probably gonna leave, which you probably weren't anyway, but you, you were at that point, all of a sudden something happens, you're like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I doubted the world's nicest human. Exactly. And, and, and we knew too, because as soon as we entered Guatemala, we got on our very first chicken bus. We were sweaty and tired and a little, disoriented, not knowing exactly where we were going and how to get there. And we sit down on the bus and this old man gets on the bus and he makes his way down the middle aisle and then he comes right up to us and he's holding this big machete and he says, Benvenuto a Guatemala! And then he goes and sits down and we're like, okay, we'll be okay here. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So transportation, you have the chicken buses. You can fly, I guess, within Guatemala to certain places. Is it is it worth it? Like how long, what type of distances are we talking here with buses? Hmm. We tried to break things up as much as we can. I want to say the longest bus we ever took maybe was like eight hours. There probably are like night buses and stuff you can do. We tend to not do that because it's way too miserable for me. I mean, there's every kind of transportation, too. Like, when we went down to Copan, which is another Mayan ruin that's technically right over the border in Honduras, but most people get there from, from Guatemala, we took a minivan, and that was far more uncomfortable. I, I want to say that was like six hours, but we were like crammed in this little minivan, and we made very good friends with everyone we were <laughs> we on the minivan with, so that was kind of fun, um, but it was very <laughs> uncomfortable. 
And most of the people will take that type of transportation then, if they're doing it on a budget. Backpackers, yeah. Yeah, a budget traveler, yes. Let's talk about prices a little bit, because I know it's four years ago, so we, we can't rack your brains too much about like how much was a how much was a can of soda at the cafe or whatever. Yeah, I but, remember that. But Guatemala as a whole, for someone who says, you know, I, I want to travel, but I'm going to do it on a budget, easy, hard, what, what did you spend a lot of money on? What did you find good deals on? I, I know keeping within our budget was pretty easy, even including some of the like language classes and stuff, which were much more expensive. I do remember we found one place to stay in San Pedro that was $6 a night, and we were really excited about that. And it was very basic, but it was nice. So they were probably, probably in the $15 a night range, I want to say. Yeah, we, we never to remember. paid probably more than about 15 for a night. What about foods, uh, well, as far as price, but also what about foods that people should be trying out? Because that's always one of my favorite things about traveling is what what foods did you guys have that were good or, you know, any type of traditional dish or drinking or anything like that, that if someone's going to Guatemala, maybe they should give a try. We just had come from Mexico, which has fantastic food. Guatemala's food is pretty basic rice and beans type of food. They don't get very creative. They don't have a lot of vegetables. So it's it's pretty basic, pretty plain, but it means it's also pretty cheap to buy. So that's good. Cheap and filling. I mean, it's rice, beans, and eggs. Right. You know? So nothing special, but you can do it cheap and, and fairly enjoyable. Yeah. 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 All right. So we've hit transportation. We've hit food. Anything else about Guatemala, anything that we haven't talked about, places they should go, because I kind of cut that section off a little bit, I think. Other places that people should should go to or see in Guatemala that you really like? There's a couple other good things to do. One is I would recommend everybody find a finca. I don't know really what that stands for. I think it means farm. Farm. We found, we stayed at two different ones, but I know there was another one outside of Antigua that we didn't do. But we went to this place uh, that's called Finca Tatin. And this was off on the see the west coast. There's a city where Guatemala hits uh, the Caribbean called Livingston. And from Livingston, we got there and got on a boat and went up the river. And it's this little teeny place that's on the river. You can't get there any other way. And they've put up this little guest house there. And you go, and I don't know how many rooms. There were probably like 30 other people there. But you're just kind of trapped there with each other. So it becomes this real communal kind of place to hang out. And every night they would do big family-style dinners, which was usually like fish that they had caught. But it was just fun because then you're at this big table and you meet everybody that's there. And it's new people coming in and out every day. But you meet like everyone every night and it was just really kind of a cool vibe. And you're right there in the jungle and you're on the river and you there's a rope swing and you can swim and there's kayaks that you can rent. And and you're just staying on this finca, on this farm, like this commune. Yeah, and this one I wouldn't really call a farm because it was a bunch of huts in the jungle with raised paths between the huts because the tide would come up and fill the area underneath the huts and the the pathways. But there's a huge communal 
gathering area other than the restaurant that was just full of hammocks. And during the day, everyone would just be swinging in hammocks and reading. And someone would say, hey, let's go down to the water. And everyone would go get their swimsuits and go down to the river. It was just really a great place to share with other people. And just, yeah, it sounds so relaxed and just so mellow. And you were saying this is in Livingston? Or if people are get, want to go here, I mean, where Just is it? Just outside this? of Livingston. And Livingston's a really interesting city because it is a Caribbean city. It's not like the west of Guatemala, which is a very Latin American area. It's very much a Caribbean city. I love that about it. Very different. But the different fincas, I'm sure, have different vibes. Like the other one we stayed up was in the north. It's called Finca Ishobel. Uh, closer to Tikal. And it was very different. It really was a farm. It was in like farmland. So we went on some hikes from there. We were there probably more in their off season. There wasn't as many people. We met some fun people. We liked it there because they had a lot of really cool bugs and David and I kind of like that. But some really cool um, lightning bugs and big gigantic stick bugs and they had tarantulas out in the grass. It was really cool. Um, that's probably not a selling point to everybody. Right. Some people are like, the that sounds like my nightmare. Um, but, but it was awesome. I mean, it's still just really good food and really relaxing. That one, we had this like little, the hut was like kind of a tree house. It was up on this big, huge stilted platform. It's a little different than just staying in a regular guest house somewhere. And how do you find fincas? And and you're not expected to work, right? This isn't oh, no. a, a working on the farm type thing. It's just the fact that it's kind of a larger commune versus a guest house. Yes. Yeah. They're probably a little more expensive than a, like a regular guest house. But it's just that having that whole experience kind of out of the city and, you know, doing just – it's just different and it, it's fun. How did you guys find these fincas, the two that you were at? Uh, we Really the guidebooks, but we did some internet research too to see if there were others – around the country, and we always had success with them, so we enjoyed that. Yeah, Google Guatemala Finca. I'm sure there'll be a couple. Yeah. All right, so stay in a Finca. What else? Anything else that we didn't touch on that people should do? You did You did some cave stuff too, right? Okay, so another place that we really loved was called Samuk Champé, and it's a, a river formation near a town called Lankin, 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 where there's a series of pools down a river and they're a beautiful turquoise color and they're really warm and they're great for swimming. If they're kind of like here in Thailand where you can go and spend your 100 baht for 15 minutes to get the little fish and they come and like bite your feet. <laughs> they're in the pool. They're in those pools there. So for you go free. So you go <laughs> swimming. But there, of course, they're not just biting your feet. You're like swimming and they're like biting your back and stuff. And it doesn't hurt, but it's kind of like weird. <laughs> so, yeah, it was it was great. And it's really gorgeous to look at. It's not just nice to swim in. It's, it's a beautiful location. And there they have a cave that you can go through and you go through by candlelight. So it's really a unique experience. 
So you follow the guide and you're like kind of walking into this cave and everybody lights their candles and then he leads you into the river. And so you're kind of, you know, ankle deep in water and then knee deep in water and then waist deep. And then you're like swimming down. And of course, you're like getting way away from the light source because it's just a cave with a river running through it. So you're swimming in the pitch black except for your little candlelight and you're holding the candle over your head. So you're swimming with one arm. With one arm. Obviously, yeah. Yeah. And there were like, I don't know, 10 or 12 of us. And so there's like enough light that it's like you can see everything, but it's kind of just like because it's all candlelight and flickery and people are they put the candle out in the water and then someone has to help them relight it. It's really, really fun. It's really fun. And then all of a sudden you come along and you see in front of you a waterfall in the cave and with a rope ladder. With a rope ladder, and the guide says, We're going up there. So suddenly everyone in the group is climbing a ladder up a waterfall with candles in the dark in a cave and yeah an experience you don't expect to ever have it's like the movie the goonies is what it always reminded (laughs) me of which is like my favorite movie as a kid and it's just like you're climbing this rope ladder and you're like there's gonna be treasure on the other side i know it (laughs) right like just a really cool experience that not many people know about unless you're in that little town and you're i assume you did it through your guest house or something yeah we didn't know about it ahead of time we just in fact, I don't think we even knew it was part of the tour. We just, we knew there was a cave, but we had no idea what it would be like. So it was a great surprise for us too. And it was a fun tour too, because they had like a big, like the hugest rope swing I've ever seen that you get on and swing out into the river, which um, having done that, I would not recommend it hurts. <laughs> um, but then like afterwards, we got on inner tubes and like, floated down the river a little bit. It's a really, really nice place. And that's in Lankeen. Yes. Samuk Champagne. Like, just Google Samuk Champagne, and you'll see pictures of it, and you'll be like, oh, yeah, I want to go there. And if you spell it wrong, I'm sure Google will, like, Tell did you how. mean this? And it's a hundred <laughs> letters different. Yeah. yeah. What, Travis, are you telling me you don't know how to spell Samuk Champagne? Uh, believe it or not, <laughs> I, I can't even say it. This is why I haven't said it this whole time. That's really neat. It seems like Guatemala is really good for that kind of stuff in terms of, hey, we don't know what we're going to find here. Well, now that people are listening and, and I've listened to you guys, I kind of know, but we don't know what we're going to find. But then there's all these little oh, nooks and crannies little of cool Little surprises stuff. everywhere. When we were taking um, our language school in Shayla, the school is really good. I think most of them are pretty good about getting you out in the community and helping you find unusual churches and and markets that you can go practice your English at. One thing that our school helped us find was a place called Fuentes Jorginas, which is a hot springs that is coming right out of the mountains near Shayla. And it was unbelievably gorgeous. And the waters uh, right against the wall of the uh, mountain where the water was coming out, it was scalding hot. You couldn't even touch the mountain itself. And then as it went, flowed into the pool, it cooled down, and then it flowed down into another pool and into another pool. It was pretty amazing. And that was fun too, because the we took a chicken bus down to like the base of the, the mountain. And then we got into like the back of a pickup truck. And we're all like standing in the back of this pickup truck as he's like, driving us up this little teeny dirt road up through all these like gorgeous little farms and it feels I there was like a bar around it but you know you still just like this would never be allowed to happen in the United States 
and you're just like, it's exciting and the wind's in your hair and it's gorgeous. And you're like, I'm doing something I probably shouldn't be doing and I'm loving it. Like, it's just sort of all of that kind of, it's like why we travel um, just to have those kinds of experiences. Yeah. And Guatemala just seems like a place that, well, especially for Americans, easy to get to. Very be- easy. Because it's right below Mexico. So now we know we know it's right below Mexico. It's not just south of Mexico and north of Brazil. <laughs> that that whole span of about 4,000 miles. But um, yeah, right below Mexico, they, people can fly in. And as you guys said, it's cheap. And it is relatively easy to get around on the chicken buses or you can fly domestically. And yeah, it seems like there's enough big touristy stuff going on with Tikal and and the lake and things to get people to go, but it's really kind of the hidden gems that you just discover in day-to-day staying at a guest house and someone pointing you and saying there's a cave here. Yeah, it's why we couldn't leave. I mean, because there was still lots of stuff we didn't do. We never made it to the East Coast. There's supposed to be some beach towns up there that we just didn't ever do. Um, the West Coast. Cheat, what is it? Chichi Tenango. I'm saying that with wrong. The, with a giant market. With that that's supposed to have this amazing, huge market that's, you know, wonderful. Like, there's lots of stuff. There was like a crater lake. Oh, the crater lake we went yeah. to. There's <laughs> like animal, um, like, what's it called? Nature preserves. Nature preserves. Thank you. I needed someone to finish my sentence for I was going to say, I haven't been there, so I can't help out with that. They've got like Quetzal's at, which is the, is Quetzal the national National bird bird. of Guatemala? We actually saw them down in Costa Rica when we got down there. But there's this gorgeous bird with these like really long, beautiful tail feathers. It just like kind of goes on and on of all the things you can do. And the great thing about Central America is that the countries are small, so it's really easy if you get bored of one. You know, we went to a beach in Belize, and we went to Honduras, and went scuba diving, and then we, you know, we but we kept coming back to Guatemala because we just liked it so much. Yeah, when we were deciding what to do with this show, whether we should just do Guatemala or all of Central America, because you had some experience there, we all decided uh, every one of us can talk enough just to do one show on Guatemala, and it's just. Yeah, it's just to me, again, I know a lot of people listening. I mean, if you if you are listening, you've been to Guatemala, definitely chime in in the comments. I'm sure there's tons of little places that you've been that Rob and David weren't able to hit. Let us know, you know, some other stuff that people should be doing. But I think a lot of people listening will be like me where they just think I've heard of it, but that's basically it. And you guys have really shined a light on the beauty of Guatemala and just the the little things that people don't think they're going to find. Lots of great options. I highly recommend if you're looking for a cheap place to go that's just as amazing as anywhere else, I would definitely look into going to Guatemala. Awesome. Well, guys, I really appreciate on your last night here in Chiang Mai in Thailand, coming and talking about Guatemala. Pretty funny, right? (laughs) We're talking about Central America while sitting in Southeast Asia. But I really appreciate you guys coming on and, and sharing your knowledge about that and especially getting me and Heather into this idea of, hey, this is kind of right on our doorstep. You know, we always think we should go to Southeast Asia. Southeast Asia is awesome. So you should come here too. You should. But it's a five-hour plane ride down to Guatemala versus a 25-hour plane ride to Bangkok or something like that. So thank you guys for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having us. It was fun. 
And as I mentioned, guys, if you are interested in a lot of the stuff we talked about, I will rope these guys into giving me some of the links because I can't pronounce half the things that they told us about. So we will link that all in the show notes at extrapackofpeanuts.com slash pods. You can get the show notes for any of our shows there. And feel free to leave us a comment. If you've been to Guatemala, especially let us know where you've been because as David and Rob alluded to, there's a bunch of places they didn't get to. They're planning on going back to Guatemala. Heather and I are planning on going to Guatemala. So yeah, it's really nice to build up a base of here's some cool things to do and then find your own little jumping off points from that. So guys, put that at extrapackmeetings.com slash pods. You can find the show notes there. And as always, thank you for tuning in. Guys, I got to say thanks one more time. I've now had you do three episodes, record three episodes in the last couple days. So I really, really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. We had a good time. We did. And everyone, thank you for listening. Until tomorrow, happy free travels. <laughs>